0: Sunny 16 presents. Welcome to episode 14 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein.
1: And I'm Gabe Sachs. Welcome again. 14. 14. You know what that means, Gabe? What does it mean that we got 14? It means that we were picked up and we are now a success. We're smash. Thank you, Sunny 16 Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for loving us. It's very appreciated. It's much appreciated. And
0: you know, if you get that back nine in a first season, oh. they've already invested tons of money in your tons show. Tons of money. So chances are you're going to run for 11 years. Yeah. Right? That's going to happen. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's the plan. So thanks to everyone who wrote in the, the torrent of letters and pies and Zorkies. Very excited. That Graham received clearly meant something.
1: Yes. And so we are going to trundle on. I do hear that there's two rolls of expired Kentmere coming our way. So oh. just don't, I wasn't supposed to let that out, but just so you know, it might be coming our way.
0: <laughs> so listen, after screwing with the format for a few weeks and doing some interviews, we're going back to the future or we're going forward yes, to the past. Fine. Yes, just Gabe and me on this one. We This episode is entitled How We Shoot, and we're going to talk a little bit about shooting and our subject matter and portraiture styles and the weird things that I do. But first, just again, since we've been kind of a little mixing it up lately, let's go back to the egg. Let's yeah, talk a little sure. bit about our week in photography,
1: our week in camera acquisition. What have you been up to? I've been so excited because I got the Olympus OM-1 back. Now, Which I one? know I, this is the... <laughs> I, stop it. Uh, it's one of the ones that now work. So it's the second one. So when Jeff first told me about this Olympus OM1 business, I went, oh, this sounds very familiar. And I went back and dug through boxes of cameras that don't work. And I found this really beat up one. And I mean beat up like nothing worked on it. There was things missing and nothing worked. And I said, oh, my gosh, how interesting would this be? I probably got it for $5 at a garage sale. It never worked probably 25 years ago. And I thought, how cool would it be to get a fix? And one of our listeners rec- mm. recommended John Hermanson, Camera Tech, and com. I will say. Yeah. I've and heard of him. I sent it in there. I said, look, if you're do you think you could breathe some life back into this? And he said, absolutely. It was a complete overhaul. Everything needed to be done. And I got it back yesterday. Phenomenal. It's absolutely yeah. fantastic. It was so exciting. Uh, it took uh, probably about three and a half weeks, and it was worth not bad. the wait. It was really worth the wait, because I am not someone who waits, because I'm so yeah. crazy about waiting. So I'm uh, usually like, oh my gosh, I've got to shoot. But he was so thorough, and it, it looked so good. So thank
0: you. So this is now, I mean, you had a functional chrome one that you liked pretty well. Now you have a perfectly
1: tricked out black one, right? I have one perfectly tricked out one, and one almost perfect black, uh, two black bodies is what I have. Oh, nice. Very excited. nice. And I'm going to have one with the 85.2 on it and one with the 51.4. And there you go. I
0: saw that you went for the Jane Bound 85 F2. Exactly. Very nice.
1: Exactly. That's exciting. I'm so so
0: are, do you have plans to use this in the immediate future?
1: Yes. I'm going to use them on a shoot probably next week. Very happy about this. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about that upcoming shoot. You know, the other thing I just
0: want to report in on, you know, it may not seem apparent because we are now on our 14th episode, but Gabe and I have actually not spent that much time together in the last four or five months. And what's been nice recently is that we actually have seen each other and quite a bit. So much fun! We went to the SoCal Camera Show in Long Beach, which was amazing. We got mm. to check out a nascent camera show that a bunch of gentlemen and ladies down there just booted up, it's which looks to be very exciting. We went to visit a new camera shop that opened unexpectedly in my neighborhood, five minutes from me, called LA Film Camera. Very exciting! I bought something. Oh, should we yes talk you about did. what I bought? Let's talk about that. So you know, I'm in love with the Rollies now and uh, the Rodai. And uh, I love my Rollei SL 350 very, very much. It's yes, my favorite do. shooter right now. Yep. And of course, I've always been fond of my TLR. I only have one, unlike Gabe, who, as you know, has nineteen. <laughs> um, and I've have become very infatuated in recent years with the roly 35. I have a Roley thirty-five SE that I like quite a bit. I had read about the various iterations of the thirty-five SE, and I had also taken note that Annal Mystery had mentioned that kind of the terminus of the Roley 35 line was a camera I had never heard of called the XF thirty-five. Had you did you know about this? I thing? knew nothing about it. Until you showed it to Nor Nope. It's Very conventional compared to the roll 35. It does not have the shutter speed and aperture on the front in the little weird dials. It does not have the advance lever on the bottom in a weird way. It's very conventionally laid out, but it is cute. Yeah. Look at that. It reminds me of my beloved Leica CL. Yes, it does. It's approximately the same size. It's all automatic, guys. Basically, there's an automatic setting. You... Focus it with the rangefinder, very nice little rangefinder, and you shoot, which is usually not my jam. But this has such a nice forty millimeter f two point three, very fast. It's <laughs> very unusual for too. this kind of camera. Right, two point three. How many f two point three lenses do you know? <laughs> Sonar, and I have shot a roll through it, and you know what the results were, Gabe? They were terrible.
1: Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. But
0: it's it's user error. I did not realize that this thing had a bulb setting. On the bottom. And I think I shot the first half of the roll on bulb. <laughs> I just didn't know. Yep. I just didn't know. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else. This is one of those thingy cameras. Oh, boy. Okay? When I bought it, it came with the PX625A, which, as you know, knocks you off by about a stop.
1: I so get I it. recently
0: put the thingy in. Okay, one of my Paul BG adapters with a 675 hearing aid battery. And I am ready to go forth and shoot roll two. But I am bringing this up by way of saying, gang, we talked a few weeks ago about the value of a home processing setup so that you can test cameras after you buy them. And I am so glad that I did that, that I didn't waste $13 getting this roll processed because it was quite terrible. Yeah. So now I know what's going on. I got my camera in tip-top shape, and I'm eager to go out and shoot some more. It's fun. I haven't bought a camera since March. It's very exciting. It's a
1: big, big gap for me, so it was really fun. And what else did we do, Gabe? Well, I did go down to Long Beach, where Relics, another pretty newish analog film camera store. They also carry Super 8 and... Um, Amazing stuff there. And it's right on 4th in Long Beach. You know, we are relics is their uh, Instagram handle. And it was so much fun. They just did their second photo walk for Juneteenth. And it was phenomenal. I I saw pictures from it. And it looked like everyone had a good time. But it's so exciting to see these analog film camera shops pop up. Yeah, It's so cool. People going in and out buying film. It's great. It's and totally unexpected. I right. mean, we have gotten
0: accustomed to the rhythms of eBay, KEH, Nextdoor, Shop Goodwill, Facebook Marketplace, whatever, to get our cameras. But to have brick and mortar shops pop up in the wake of a pandemic, all of a sudden, two new stores in Los Angeles that specialize in film cameras, that repair film cameras,
1: that you walk in and you see a dazzling array. And they're happy to talk to you about film cameras. Oh they're happy gosh. to talk to you about the cam you're interested in, what would be best for you. And, and that's what you're paying for that you don't get on eBay. It's like you get expertise and you get, you know, friendly people who love film also. And it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, so we're doing everything we can to support these two businesses. I mean, it's a family-run business at LA Film Camera. They served us Turkish coffee and pastries as we discussed (laughs) cameras with them. It's a great place. So any of y'all in the LA area, check it out. They're lovely people. They do a great job. I do not mind paying a small premium for a camera to get exactly what you just described. Right. Personal service, a guarantee, that kind of attention. We got to support these people. So it's very exciting. Yep. So much fun. And that brings us to, so the topic of today's episode, this was a Gabe pitch, which I think is excellent, is talking about how we shoot. And I want to start by talking about how Gabe's Instagram is like the most beautiful art book you'll ever see. My Instagram is a crazy quilt of this and that. Gabe's Instagram is the most beautiful people photographed beautifully (laughs) in luscious black and white. And you just go frame by frame. I always think about, I've never told you this, Gabe, but like one of the things I like about Dennis Hopper's photography, Mm -hmm. he's obviously, was a very gifted photographer, but he also was around some of the most gorgeous people of the age, which I think didn't hurt when you're evaluating his portrait photography. Right. So, I want to talk to Gabe a little bit about his shooting methods, specifically about portraiture, and then he's going to ask me a bunch of questions about the riot of yes. alternatives. Yeah, so, we're just going to Very just jump excited. in on that. So, let me ask you this just to start out. How did you get started doing portraiture work? Was That seems to be your primary mode right now. Was it always that?
1: I loved capturing moments of people more than landscapes. It's always been something I've loved to do, but... I really didn't realize how much I loved it until being on Freaks and Geeks. I think there was something about, you know, in between takes. I always had, I had just bought the M6. I traded all my equipment for that M6 that I told you about. And I had it on set with me all the time. So I was, you know, able to get portraits of all the actors and just just doing their thing. There was nothing like, you know, let's sit there and you sit there. It was like where they were looking at their lines or studying their sides or, or, you know, anything. And I think that's where I started to really love it. And I decided every project I would just document as much as I could, but mostly including behind the scenes. So including the cameras, but also getting these portraits that, you know, of these actors and friends that were in different situations. So... I, uh, yeah, that's where it started. That's where it really started.
0: Were these actors asking you for these shots or was it just something that arose organically?
1: It was, out a, of, total mi- it was a total mix. Some people, you know, asked for shots. Some people, you know, we just shot, but it was pretty organic because I always had the camera with me. So the actors knew that. So they were always expecting. So they were as comfortable as can be. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, here comes Gabe with the camera again. It was really just, <laughs> I always had the camera. So it wasn't a big deal. And only when my cameras were stolen, I remember busy Philip saying, Oh, my gosh, this is the craziest thing. You don't have your camera with you. Like <laughs> It was like oh, they were so, so yeah, they noticed when I didn't have a camera. Right. So right. uh yeah, it was it was pretty organic. And it was, you know, love doing it.
0: Did you always have kind of a natural ability when you get in those kind of portraiture situations where it's not just candid photographs did you always have like the ability to develop these this rapport with actors to sort of elicit
1: naturalistic photos i think, I think that rapport came from them being friends so i think yeah. that it was much easier when someone's a friend and talk about let's go oh let's grab a shot over here or something like that that was really easy and and also it was you know when when you know seth rogan asked me to do his first headshots which he used forever And Mm -hmm. that was during a show called Undeclared. And, you know, they just didn't they didn't want to go out and shoot with people they didn't know. So it was very easy for me. And I and I love doing it. So it was a great combination.
0: So now at this point, and this is we're talking 15 years later. How many years is it? it 21 years (laughs) later. So now word is out that you are a gifted portrait photographer, that Thank you get good results. And now I see like models tag you when they're coming to town <laughs> to let you know that they're... Co- How did the word leach out into the world that you were so good at this? Well,
1: 95% of the people I shoot are people I know. Like they okay. are They are friends of mine. They're actors. They are people I've known from shows. They're, they're friends of friends. It always sort of became very organic like that. And people would would DM and say, oh my gosh, I'd love to shoot. Or you're shooting my friend so-and-so, I would love to shoot with you. And that's how sort of that stuff came out. Or there's people that like, that I like their work and they like my work. And, and they said, look, if I'm ever in town, and I would say the same, if you're ever in town, I'd love to shoot. Like, I, it's, it's very easy, very organic like that and um, simple. Yeah,
0: Okay, so real quick, we've touched on this in the past, but I'd love for you just to revisit this for a moment. How do you prepare for going out on a shoot? And I'm talking about selecting cameras, film stocks, location, talking about wardrobe, going over looks. Can you just sort of walk through that?
1: Sure. Well, once we decide we're going to shoot, it mostly, it's about wardrobe, makeup, and hair. And everything I like is simple and natural. So, you know, and also with wardrobe, I want them wearing something that they love. I really don't want to, I want them to be comfortable and enjoy it. Maybe they have this outfit or a company gave them an outfit that they want to wear or a few outfits and they want to try stuff that is not, you know, usually in their wheelhouse, you know, so I, I want to get like four to five looks. I say bring like six and we'll narrow it down or bring stuff, stuff in a bag and we'll narrow it down. But I want them to be, you know, happy and comfortable. And I'm not, so worried about the wardrobe. Location's the same thing. Location, I'm open. What's convenient? What's the easiest thing? The the easier you make the shoot, the better the shoot is. It's just mm. it just becomes simple and, you know, let's go to the beach or let's go, you know, to Malibu or let's go to, you know, Griffith Observatory or let's go to, you know, Griffith Park or there's there's tons of places or let's get a city look. Um right. or Melrose or you know, wherever we go. So once that's decided, then it becomes my neuroses of, of picking cameras, and it usually always <laughs> starts with uh, a few. So it will be, I will always bring the M6. I'll oh, with um, with probably Portra 400. I will bring the T4 with expired film of some sort, which I have a ton of. I will just throw <laughs> something in there. Um, I will bring a medium format, so I will bring either the Roly 2.8 or the contacts AF. It it depends on the time and uh, what we're going to shoot. But I'll always obviously bring a digital. Now, the digital will be the M10. If someone like a friend of mine said last time, oh my gosh, she said, my agent wants new headshots. So I will bring something very clean. So the Sony a7, the old one, Sony a7 II and a 55, what is that, 1.8, I think? Perfect for headshots. And I will bring that as well, if it's that kind of thing. Mostly, it's always the Leicas and the other film cameras. So there's bread and butter cameras that you bring on
0: every shoot, and then you sort of salt it with a few others that you want yeah, to try. to see what happens. Yeah, good results with. Yeah. Yep. Let me ask just a quick sidebar question. You said, like, sometimes you ask models to bring a few changes. How do they change if you're at Griffith Park Observatory?
1: Well, they're usually uh, the bathrooms... And if they're not close, oh, at the beach. First of all, they are experts at this because the people I shoot do runway and do huge things. So either their car, you know, which we don't park far away. Again, we want to make everything easy. Or they figure it out with a with a dress or something like that. They sometimes they have these blockers in their cars because they're so used to doing jobs like that, and they're able to to change very quickly. And it's not a big deal.
0: Now, do you get, just to talk about the nuts and bolts of this for a minute yeah. again, this is something I don't know anything about. Do you get a model release? Is there any contract? Between I don't you do any or of or that.
1: all handshake. I am. Yeah. I am the worst. Like, I just don't, I, I love photography so much and I want them to do whatever they want with the pictures that they want to. <laughs> I mean that well, I'm that's very, wonderful. very lucky that I can do that and i don't have to charge i mean if it's someone i don't know and it's someone that wants something like headshots or something for you know very different rarely they will pay me but it's never it's always like well what can you afford like i'm not you know that's a a half a percent of the people that i shot and it's very rare that that happens
0: do they ever ask for paperwork, like a release or an no. agreement about usage fees or any of that no, crazy stuff? No, I'm I'm I don't. I don't. I don't.
1: Uh, I don't really use them, so it's really okay. you just post on Instagram, and I want them to use them anywhere they want. Like it's totally fine if a magazine asks them, and they want it. They just give me credit. That's all I care yeah, about. Yeah, that's. I the just want credit. I'm the same
0: thing. My I attitude
1: mean, is like as long as I get credit. I will tell you that there are. <laughs> That doesn't quite work like that because there have been famous people that have used my pictures. And I just said, just give me credit. And the magazine says, we can't just give you credit. We have to pay you something. Oh, oh. So okay. they ha- there's a legal something with that, which I, you know. So I just said, pay okay. me what the minimum is. And that's fine.
0: Now, do you shoot mostly men, mostly women, older people, younger people? Is it a mix? Do you I shoot a, a whole
1: mix of people. And uh men and women. I'd say the majority of people I've been shooting lately have been women, but I shoot everyone. It depends on friends and actors are available. kids. Um, kids. You did a prom photo for a friend recently. Yes, it was very, very fun. Did some really cool <laughs> did some really cool pre prom pictures and that stuff's so much fun for me. It's just it's but again a lot of pressure. So, you know, it's a friend asking yeah. to come over and by accident, I threw my flash into my camera bag. No reason. I would never bring it. If By I accident. didn't bring that flash, there'd be no pictures. There'd be no pictures. Really? There'd be no Why is pi- that? Because it was like herding cats. It's like they're all running around. They're outside. It's getting dark. My camera's not giving me a reading. I go, I'm putting flash on. And I put a flash on. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. On which camera you put the flash on the, on the M10? The... I put the wow. Yeah, it was great. The SF40? I can't. Yeah, remember that I know was. that one. It was perfect. It was just wow. having like a point and shoot, but it was great. The pictures were great. And then I shot a roll of on the Rolleiflex 2.8, uh, a roll of Tri-X, and it came out great. So that was very fun. But I thought I would be shooting mostly film, and uh, I didn't. Hmm. Talk through
0: again, you you know, I, I so admire the obvious rapport you have with your subjects. Nothing ever looks posed. And maybe that's because it's not. Maybe it's just because it's very relaxed. But can you talk through like directing and working with a model, male yeah, sure. or female?
1: Like what's the I, what's the what's the rapport and what's the pattern? Well, I'm here's how I'm very lucky. So I'm rarely working with beginners. Um mm. happy to work with beginners, but those aren't people I know. Unless it's a friend's friend or a kid or something like that, that's fine. But the people I work with, especially actors, they know the routine. They have to shoot pictures all the time, as you know, for gallery shoots and on and on. So they, this is very second nature to them. So I, there's very little talking. Like I mm. just shot, you know two days ago, Kayla Yule, who I love. And and she was our kid on the new girl on Freaks and Geeks when she was there. Now she's married and has a kid. So it's really fun to watch her grow up. And she always wants to shoot, which is great. So there's no real, you know, it's like, let's go shoot. And we shoot. And I'll say that like minimum, minimal stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, let's, let's stand over here. Oh, let's do that one again. Or just look up, put your eyes up. That's it. It wow. just goes on and on. Now, it's a double-edged sword. So, that's fantastic. With a model who is working like New York Fashion Week and doing all this stuff, they're so used to moving with people shooting 150 miles an hour, okay? With my little rangefinder, doesn't work so well. And so, they laugh when I go, you got to stop moving. And they just, they said, look, this is, our lives is, uh, we get we get to Paris we go to a shoot, go to another shoot. We don't know the photographer. We go another shoot, another shoot, another shoot. We go 20 shoots in a row. We're moving, 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 and we get out of there. And, and I go, wow. yeah, so then you have to sort of slow them down. And then models just move. This is what they do. So then you're just slowing them down. That's really it. It's just like, let's do so. But again, minimal direction. It just is you, where you are. Huh. And I think it works better like that. It just, it's sort of, you know, we're so used to, doing what we do is your sort of need to direct or they start directing themselves, as we know. Yeah. and Well,
0: that's what I was going to go to now. Like, do you ever ask
1: for a certain kind of emotionality? Yeah, sometimes, but not really. I really just, I want to grab the moments and some of the best moments are in between the things that they think is the shot. Yeah. Like, often the shots that I post are are just in between stuff. So I think that's really, that's, that's the fun of it is grabbing these moments and, and, you know, figuring it out. And I, and I've, I've learned because of film is when I first got the digital cameras, I would shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. Now I've realized that I can take my time, treat it like film and shoot sort of the same way and not have 10 billion shots at the end of the day.
0: Well, this is what I was going to ask shooting. I, I, if I were in that position and I had committed to shooting film on a model shoot I would feel a tremendous amount of pressure I mean I have 36 shots before I have to reload I don't want to have to stop and reload so is there that kind of tickle at the back of your neck like I only get 36 swings at this and that No. no no I
1: think that once I do I usually start with digital so I'll usually start shooting and when I know I've got some good shots on digital then I go right to film and I'm much more relaxed shooting film like I just, I, I just love shooting film. And I, even with a new camera, like when I use the Olympics OM1, I just, you know, love shooting with it. And, and I just, the film, I'm just more relaxed because to me, it's easier. And I know right. that I'm going to get, to me, it's always better than the digital.
0: Okay. Do you ever have the manager or the
1: publicist or mom or dad at oh, the I shoot love, when you're shooting? I, well. Uh, Liliana ray who i love shooting i've known this kid for a long time and her mom they've been friends for a long time and i love them you know the mom comes to those shoots and it's awesome like she but she's great and it, they're not she's not like a momager she's not someone that's yeah. like you know do this to that it's just a, sort of a very creative thing and again it's they're pros so, so it's no sweat. Through, it doesn't no sweat. make you self-conscious. No, no, no. You can bring any... Look, if you want to bring anyone you want to shoot, your boyfriend, your husband, your... I'm totally... I don't care. It's like... It's it's really just come to the shoot and, and do great. That's all I what care. What about
0: shooting couples or families? Is the dynamic different? Do you do that often?
1: Yeah. So... I shot the actor John Foster and his wife, Chelsea Tyler, Steven Tyler's daughter, who right before... Uh, she had a baby. So, it was really fun. It was like a week or two weeks before. And she was just, you know, ready to burst. And it was so cool to get shots of them together before they had the baby. And it was great. I loved it. That I shot mostly all on film. Because I knew them. So, it wasn't like... Yeah. It was more comfortable. So, you know, it was it was really cool. That That I loved. So, I'll, I'm open to shooting you know, couples and, and things like that, but the most, mostly I love the feel of a single portrait.
0: Like, yeah, I love the I feel of that,
1: and, and I really enjoy that.
0: What about shooting in a studio? Is that something that you've ever done, or do you really like shooting on location?
1: Yes, I've shot in the studio, and I enjoy shooting on the studio because it's sort of controlled. You know, I, I like that, but it's, I bring such minimal lighting. You know, I, yeah, you know, there was right. a friend of mine I shot and her husband has a loft downtown. So I shot there, which was spectacular because you're just using natural light. And then my other friend Megan and her boyfriend, they own a place downtown as well, but they're using it as a photo studio. So I was one of the oh, first great. people to shoot there and I shot them and it was so much fun. It was just, it's so cool. I really enjoyed that. How long do you block out for a session? Is there an ideal length? Yeah, ideal length is about two hours. Sometimes it's done shorter, but I I think two hours is great. Um, Usually get all I need in in that amount of time. That's amazing.
0: Okay, so once you have the shots in hand, obviously you have a mix sometimes. So it Mm -hmm. sounds like more often than not, you have a mix of digital stuff, film stuff. Do you do a lot of culling yourself or do you show them everything? No, I do a lot of culling
1: myself. I usually will go through the digital first. Obviously, I'm sending my stuff up to the out to the dark room uh, as soon as I get done. And they've done a great job. The issue is that it's the mail system that is yeah. uh, for some reason. You know, I used to go down there. I used to, I told that story yeah, where I you drive said down you drop myself. It off. <laughs> um, and it's 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 so funny. You know, sometimes it'll take a day to get to San Clemente from Pacific Palisades, and sometimes it will take a week so that part makes me crazy once they get it it's great it's pretty routine a few days comes back you know i love that the digital so the digital i go through right away and i will shoot anywhere from 350 to 650 shots okay okay and i will narrow those way down and usually I'm showing them. Well, they're all surprised because they can't believe how many shots they're getting. Usually people narrow down to 10 shots and this is what you get. I want them to have a variety. So I think I just sent Kayla, I think, 60 digitals. Wow. Yeah. And some, somewhere in there or 50 or something. And then the film I'll get back uh, next week.
0: And do they tend to just, I know it's probably not a rule of thumb, but do they tend to like the digital stuff or the film stuff better? Or does it, does it, is it a mix? It's,
1: it's a mix. They really do love the film stuff because it's different from what they see. So at work, when they're getting these shots done in these gallery shoots, it's always, you know, it's, it's always digital. So to have something on film is different for them and they love it. If it looks a little blown out, they love that. They love it. They love the imper- imperfections of film, which is what we love as well. So, sure. It's fun to see that.
0: What is the best placement you've ever gotten for a shot you've taken, like in a
1: magazine or a documentary or something? Oh, well, okay. So, the best placement was Vanity Fair, who oh. did my, which was pretty exciting, was my black and white shots from Freaks and Geeks. And was that contemporaneous with the show or long after the show? Long after long after because because vanity fair did a reunion shoot with us all and we were there and mark seliger was shooting it and so i mean this is such a geeky thing but i was such a fan of mark seliger that i didn't bring my camera to the shoot and judd like just (laughs) called me out on that he goes oh brother i mean literally the fanboy didn't bring his camera. like i was so excited i didn't want to bring a camera and go oh look i'm a photographer so but mark you know is such a great you know, such a great photographer. And so I talked to him the whole time. And then after we were talking film cameras and geeking out and and he goes, Gabe, here's what you got to get. I'm telling you, I use it all the time. You got to get this camera. And I, he pulls out the Pentax 67 with the uh, yeah. 105 2.4 lens. And he goes, this is it. This is the camera you need. And he let me hold it. It had the wood handle and the cool thing. I had never shot with that thing. And he shot our group picture with it. And he goes, this is my, this is it. And I go, so of course I go home and I'm finding that camera. Sure, <laughs> I just went all over and found it. So so that, so then along with that story, they uh, asked if they could publish my pictures. So they thought it would go along right with the story and online. So they did that. And then Rolling Stone was an exciting one of Seth Rogen. Great. And there, there've been a bunch of, you know, magazines, you know, L.A. Times and all that stuff. But that's all, you know, goes with this other stuff. There's have been a bunch that I've saved of actors that I've not posted or anything like that that I want to do a book eventually. So great. I, um, yeah, that's been that. All
0: right. Two more questions real quick and then we're going to turn the tables. Great. One is you mentioned Seliger. Do you have other portraiture, photographic role models that you try to emulate
1: people who inspire you? I, they all inspire. Me. I mean, it's, you know, Gordon and Gordon Parks, and like, I I just, it's, there's so many that I just go, wow. (laughs) Like, I mean, there's just, there's just things that I think there was a time where I went, oh, I want to do just that. And then I realized, no, I don't want to, that's their thing. You know, I, I mean, I really like close up portraits, and I, I, I've realized that it's very hard to sort of establish a style, but I really just, sort of realize I just got to do it how I do it. But I love, you know, I love photographers. So there's okay. really, it's a all list right. of hundreds.
0: Final question before we turn all this yes. around. Okay. You do not have to name names. Okay. But real quick, your yes. best session ever and
1: your worst. Okay. My, my, let's start with my worst, my worst session <laughs> ever. It, they, and that was horrible. It was just that, that it was a model that I didn't know. Hmm and it wasn't a stranger. It was someone's friend. Like, a friend said, oh my gosh, you should shoot so-and-so. It turns out the person who suggested her didn't know her very well at all <gasps> and apologized um. profusely and said, oh my gosh, I forgot to say I really don't know this person. This was after. She didn't know we already had shot. <laughs> so, she brought her boyfriend, totally nice person, you know, like, great. But he decided that he would be the creative director of the shoot um he oh, was not in the business he was not no creative anything so it became sort of no 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 don't do that don't do that to his girlfriend so it became him sort of posing her and and on and on and that was pretty much the worst which i just wanted to get through and just finish yeah as did anything nice as- good
0: come out of it no <laughs>
1: nothing <laughs> nothing good came out of it. There was nothing oh. good out of that. And uh, yeah, that was not so much. Oh, that sounds no fun at all. But all right, so I'd who was say, the best? I'd say one of the best things, which I could name names because it's the best thing. Yeah. I'd say one one of the best things shoots was with Peter Dinklage. And oh, fun. we We did a pilot with him. We also did a... He was in our show Life as we know it. So he became a friend. And it was like in between shots we just go grab pictures and peter wasn't famous yeah. at all like it was just so much fun but he's so creative and we have some really really cool shots from from those shoots it's been very very fun but That's i've great. been very lucky to you know alessia rulin and kayla yule and and jr lemon emerald and, and Liliana ray uh, it, it's just I have had great experiences with with friends and shooting, so I've been very lucky.
0: Scroll back on Gabe's Instagram, everybody. Just look through it. It <laughs> is ex- excellent work. I'm not just telling you this. I'm just saying this because we're friends. I think it's really exemplary work. You're really really Thank good at what you. you do. Thank you. And it is something for something I feel like I aspire to because oh. it's so different than what I do, which is utterly stylist.
1: And that's what we're going well, to talk done. about. Well, we're now. going to talk about right now. So, Jeff. Um, yes, what Kate. would you say is your favorite subject to shoot?
0: Well, <laughs> you know in my little Instagram bio, it says photographer colon, plants, buildings <laughs> um <laughs> I end up shooting a lot of plants and buildings. I, I was thinking about this today because I knew we were going to talk about this. And I think that if I have an overall theme that sort of winds its way through a lot of the things that I shoot, I like to shoot contrasts. Right. I like to shoot the organic versus the inorganic, the man-made versus the natural, light and dark. Uh, I think I like to show counterpoints and stuff. Right. And so I know that's an incredibly broad brief, but I feel like my photographs are often absent of people. (laughs) If there are people, they are very small against the landscape. I think one of the reasons that the LA River, where I was today, is one of my favorite subjects, is it's this stark dichotomy of nature, trying to reclaim the space that is all concrete. Right. And I just find those kind of counterpoints really visually appealing and emotionally appealing.
1: Nice. Now, stepping back a drop, like how often do you think about shooting? All the time. Yeah. I mean,
0: like you, I don't like leaving the house without a camera, right. even a. And I feel like if I have to take an iPhone shot of something that I see, I feel like I've failed. Right. You know, of course, we always have our iPhones on us, right? But if I don't have an analog camera on me to shoot something with, a beautiful sunset, an interesting scene, I was out with the Roly XF35 and I was driving along Mulholland Drive. There was a guy doing a chainsaw sculpture. Oh, wow. In the back of his truck. Oh, interesting. I was so very glad that I had this little camera with me because had I had to shoot that with the iPhone, I would have felt like a failure. Yeah. And. I just developed the picture today. They're not great. They're okay. They're silhouette which is kind of cool. <laughs> yes. But boy, what an extraordinary opportunity, and I don't like missing those opportunities.
1: No, that's great. What do you think that you take with you more than, like, which camera do you think you take with you more often?
0: Well, I mean, I actually said this the other day on Facebook. Like, the smaller it is for me, the better. Not that I don't like shooting with my, you know, Alpa 11SI or any right. of my other 35mm SLRs or TLRs or medium format is the largest I get. But it is more likely that I'll have it on me at all times if it's like the Olympus XA4, the Leica CL, this Roly, the Roly 35, the Petri Color 35, even Minox's yeah. half-frame cameras. You know, it's just... I tend to gravitate towards smaller machines so that I know I'll have them with me. and I won't be tempted to leave it in the car. Do you think that
1: if it's compact, like, like over the Alpa, will you pick a camera because it's small and easy to pocket?
0: Yeah, if I know like that I'm going to be cycling or I know right. that I'm going to be in a crowded place like a concert, I don't necessarily like to bring something big and unwieldy. And you know how much I hate straps. Yes. So it's like typically I want the camera in my hand so I can get it to my eye and shoot as quickly as possible. Right. Because I tend to see images and want to grab them very, very fast.
1: Well, so if if you – on that note, if you see something like this guy in the truck or someone that's just – you have to photograph, how are you at approaching them? Will you approach them or is it just you'll avoid at all costs?
0: (laughs) I'm getting better. Good. This is actually something I've kind of like made a pact with myself to get better at. Because when I have done it, I tend to be rewarded. I've talked previously about the shot I got of the guy walking along the LA River carrying a gigantic fish. Um, I was very glad that I stopped my bike and spoke to him. Even though he didn't speak English, I was able to indicate what I wanted. And I got a great picture of this great looking guy. Interestingly, in the case of the chainsaw guy... There was traffic all along Mulholland. It was very difficult to pull over. So I literally just stuck my head out the window and got the best shot I could. Because, yeah, if I had gotten in there next to him and taken some pictures of him doing his craft, those might have been interesting. But I was much more interested in the silhouette of this guy sculpting a lion's head out of a tree trunk. It seemed more interesting at a distance to me. Right. But I am trying to get better. I generally am afraid of people. And I'm afraid of breaking a moment by speaking to someone and having them get self-conscious, which is what I do when my picture is taken. So I'm always trying to, you know, if I shoot something, I try and shoot it at at a great distance. You know, again, this is something I was thinking about today. There's a lot of homeless encampments along the LA River. I don't believe in shooting homeless people. I don't think that unless you're willing to sit and have a conversation with that person, I don't think it's right to take their photograph. 100%. I agree. I think if you're willing to, if you're willing to sit and talk to that person and ask questions and learn about their lives, then to me it's permissible to take a photograph. But I find those photographs I see sometimes on Twitter or Instagram, like making fun of people, you know, somebody's butt crack yeah, on yeah. a bar stool and yeah. stuff or, you know, I just find that exploitive. And yep. I, I wouldn't want to be the subject of a yep. photograph like that. And that's why when we were talking to Emily Earle a couple of weeks ago when she was talking about how she approaches her subjects, I was so impressed with how she does that because she can get into these intimate spaces and show intimate moments without breaking them. And I think that's a real gift. Yep, that's great. How do you decide what film to bring? Well, I'm very bread and butter. I mean, to me, it's like I'm leaning back toward black and white right now because it's so versatile. And also because in mixed lighting situations, you know, if you screw up with black and white film, it still looks interesting. Right. Because of the sort of photojournalistic idiom. So more often than not, I'll have HP5, Tri X. Ilford xp 400, sometimes Panatomic X when I have some. So most of the time, I'll pick that. I don't have a vast diversity of films in my film fridge, which is what I'm looking at now. To me, it's really in two camps. I have 35 millimeter. I have a little bit of 120 and Minox and things like that, but it's a lot of 35 millimeter and a lot of Polaroid peel apart. Right. And then I have some Polaroid integral film. And when I am going to shoot instant film, it is with a very decided goal like I shoot polaroid in social settings right. because it's a social lubricant in a great way. Right. And and I shoot, you know, the the peel apart films when I want that I want to recover a negative and stuff like that. Right. So it's really kind of horses
1: for courses. So so that leads me to what camera do you bring that's always been a conversation starter and I would say one of the polaroids, I imagine. Polaroids are fantastic
0: conversation starters because yep. people are always curious about them. You know, we've talked about the can you still get film for that? question right but i find at this point any vintage camera if it doesn't look like a contemporary digital camera people are really interested in if they see this happened to me today the sound of the film being wound gets people's attention when you hear that like ratcheted winding sound people perk up like what are you doing definitely and so you know, some of the cameras that I have are visually quite interesting. The Alpa is a peculiar-looking camera. Obviously, the Pentax 6x7, if you're toting that around with that wood handle, that is a really impressive <laughs> piece of machinery. With the wheelbarrow um, to
1: get it up the hill.
0: <laughs> exactly. Or the wide Lux. That's something oh, that people yeah. are extremely curious so about cool. because it doesn't even look like a camera. It looks like some other type of right. machine. Right, right. So those are great conversation starters. And, of course, the Minox. Anytime you pull a Minox out... So it looks like a spy it's camera. This, it's so cool. Yeah, this tiny little thing, and everyone wants to try it. And right. my answer, by the way, is always yes. I'm always like, shoot some. Yep. You want to shoot something?
1: Try it. I always it. ask that of anybody I take a picture of, I want them to try it. Putting a camera in someone's hand is such a cool thing. Like it's just they get so excited about it. Now, how often? I mean, I know you do this a lot, but how often do you shoot and come right home and develop? Or do you give it time or
0: you know, I've only been developing my own stuff for a little over a year and a half or so. Right. Um, if I have a completed role, I mean, it's so interesting. I came back from a very long bike ride today and I was exhausted and I had a completed roll of film and I was like, you know what, maybe I'll do that to, And before I know it, I'm already <laughs> filling the sink with hot water of to process it because I'm thinking about the sequence. I have to process it, which is very quick, but I gotta let it dry, then I gotta scan it. Oh, and this is what I was gonna say. The introduction of the camera dactyl mongoose into my workflow means that the scanning part is now unbelievably fast. Uh, this is you know, me. it used to be that uh, there was that <laughs> tedious scanning section right. where you have to go get a cup of coffee while it takes an hour to scan your right. negatives. Now that I can scan a roll in three minutes. I mean, yep. it takes me longer to set up the mongoose than it does to scan the film. Yep. So there is kind of an instant gratification thing that can happen now where I can come home from a shoot, process it myself, you know, inside of an hour, and then scan it. And then I'm in business, which is really exciting. Yep. That's so great. So more often than not, to answer your question, I am usually trying to do it right away. So great. The, the principal exception is when I come away with lots of rolls of film, especially lots of rolls of color, I usually am more inclined
1: to send it off. Yes. I I agree with that one. Where do you think your favorite places to go to take pictures are in LA?
0: Well, I have this folding bike. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I have a British folding bike called a Brompton, which utterly transformed my relationship to Los Angeles. I've (laughs) always loved cycling. I've always loved hiking. But, you know, hiking, you cover a relatively short Distance, Mm -hmm. if you're hiking. There was a hiking path behind my old house that went up and over Fryman Canyon, and I did that hike at sunset, I would say, five times a week. Right. And it, it had one or two spots that were my favorite places, particularly this one spot where people would be silhouetted at sunset. And I got so many amazing shots there. So there are many hiking trails around Los Angeles that I like, that I've become acquainted with over the last like 10 years or so. The more recent thing in the last five years is that this bike has opened up the city in an amazing way because it's two seconds to throw this bike in the back of my car. And now I'm learning about the bike paths of LA. Hansen Dam is an amazing place wow. up in Pacoima. It's so visually arresting. And even just taking pictures of people walking on this, on the dam right. is so interesting and beautiful. And there are neighborhoods around there. I love shooting in and around the small airports mm-hmm. of the valley. Yep. Burbank is a busy airport, but Van Nuys Airport, Whiteman Airport, even Camarillo Airport. I like to cycle around the periphery of an airfield. And take pictures either of the planes taking off or of helicopters or people attending to their planes. I've always been fascinated by aircraft. And again, it's like that contrast between the people and the machinery that gets me. Yeah, The LA River bike path, I'm there all the time. I mean, as I said, I was there today. It's endlessly fascinating to me. And now it's constantly under construction. They're adding bridges, coffee shops. So we have to go there together because I don't think you've been there, right? I want to do it. Oh, absolutely. And now we need to do. And then finally the Biona Creek bike path, which starts in Culver City, goes westbound to the ocean and then bends south. Uh, it basically becomes a beach path. So you're now cycling on a paved path with sand on either side of oh, it. Oh wow. And when you get to like Playa del Rey, the planes from LAX are taking off directly over your head. Right, right, right. And so that's a great place to go armed with, like, Loma purple or infrared film because you're going to get a really interesting combination of, like, the ocean, the palm trees, yeah. and so forth. Those contrasts that I'm drawn to. Love that. What would you say is your favorite travel camera? Oh, Gabe, this changes all the time. <laughs> I mean, right now,
1: it's the Olympus XA4 macro, oh.
0: which you are about to get. Do you yeah, want to talk I, about that I, as a little sidebar? Uh,
1: the sidebar is... So, Jeff casually shows me shots at LA film camera of this XA, which I knew nothing about, by the way. The Olympus XA. I've seen them, but I didn't know anything about them. And he tells me about the XA4, which is, of course, the one that's the hardest one to find. And um, I saw some of your pictures of your recent family reunion, and they were spectacular and sharp. Now, this was very confusing to me. So, I was really impressed with that. And I was even more confused with that you have to zone focus it. Yeah. That scares me a little, but I'm going to learn. So, of course, every night since I was on eBay and eBay and I couldn't find them. I found a bunch from uh, Japan and they all seemed like there was some... They would say they were mint and maybe something wasn't right. So I, I wasn't... And I finally last night... At 2.30 in the morning, which, by the way, Good. people, is the worst time to be on eBay <laughs> because your mind is saying, just buy it. Dude, just buy yeah. it. Who cares? It'll be fine. So I ordered uh, an XA4, and we will see what happens. But anyway, that's the sidebar. So, yeah. It's, I have cycled through various travel cameras that I like. As I, get, as I said, I like small
0: things. For a very long time, my favorite was the Leica CL. I mean, yeah. if I'm taking a trip to, like, London, I that's the camera I'll bring. Because that 40 millimeter Summicron is my favorite lens and my favorite focal length. And if I want to bring along a 90 millimeter, I can snap that on there and suddenly I have a telephoto on a very right. compact camera. It's a great, great travel camera. It's also incredibly durable. So, you know, that's probably, you know, the one that I reach for for extended trips. Right. But the XA4, it's got the built-in lens cover, which is a really nice thing. So you can really slip it in a jeans pocket without worrying about it. It's got a flash that screws on when you need it. So if you know you're going to a party, you stick the flash in another pocket, and then when the sun goes down, you screw the flash on, suddenly you basically have... I may be overhyping this, but you have a Yashica T4 in your pocket, right? So that's great. The lens, as you said, is remarkably sharp. It's a wide angle, so even though it's scale focus, it's really forgiving. It's pretty fast. It's a real glass lens, and it's a macro. So if you want to get in there and do some of the plant photography that I like, it focuses down to about a foot. Not bad. Spectacular. Not bad. So I have found that that is the camera more and more that I bring with me, you know, when I don't even want to have to think about, you know, whether... I never want to leave it behind. So I don't want to have to think about whether it fits in my bag or not. Right. Now, how many rolls of film do you think you'll bring? My rule of thumb is I bring a roll a day.
1: Nice. And then That's I usually
0: good. throw in an extra one. But right. And I almost always come back with one or two extra rolls. Because I don't shoot thirty six pictures a day. So I that's my rule of thumb for trips is I just bring a roll a day.
1: Good. Now what about friends? Okay. Do friends ever ask you to take pictures? Anyone all want you to do a wedding or anything like that? Have you ever had any of those? Do you know I've never been asked to do a wedding,
0: but I've done family photos for friends. I've done portraits of their kids, you know, family pictures together. You know, when there's a birthday party, sometimes people say, oh, Jeff, bring your camera. And they always kind of, you know, my son was, my son's an only child and he grew up in this play group, which was 13 other families. And these 13 families kind of counted on me to document all the major events of their children's lives, starting at the age of nine months until they were 17 years old. And I loved being that guy. Yep. in this group I mean the same way you love that you have yeah. these friends that call on you I was the guy who after every party I'd get the film processed and I would spray out you know I sometimes I'd put it up as a Google album or whatever right. and they'd be so excited and so many of my friends would say to me you know our photo album is all pictures you took and that makes that's me great. really happy Yeah, that's I really like cool. that I always, you know, when when couples are having a new baby, I always say to them, look, I'll come and take pictures of your baby, but I'm also going to give you a film camera to document it with, because your JPEGs will be gone in 50 years. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, so I do that a lot. I did I was set photographer on a friend's indie film, which was incredibly so fun. Much fun. I love doing that. And I always offer to I have a number of friends who are directors and producers and stuff. And so when if there's an independent film, I always relish the opportunity to do that too. So great. But no one's asked me for a wedding yet. That would be
1: intimidating. Uh yeah. That would be a little scary. What? Okay, your last question is What are you thinking about when you're shooting? Are you thinking first about framing, exposure, like where I'm so paranoid about exposure and getting it right? Are you thinking about framing, exposure, bokeh? What are you thinking about when you're shooting? Wow. Um,
0: (laughs) What am I thinking about? I always wanna follow through on the impulse that made me lift the camera to my eye to begin with. Mm -hmm. Even if when I do that, the shot isn't quite right. I'd rather shoot it three times. You know, I always think, okay, what was it that made? And so I try and honor that first. And if that means, you know, a particular configuration of tree and bridge or a person walking along a road with converging lines, I try and get that shot first. I try to pay attention to because my attention somehow wanders At times, and I don't always notice a cluttered background. Right. And so I really try and take a moment to refocus and make sure that there's not some unwelcome element in the background that I'm really going to regret when I see that frame. Right. And I do think about the plane of focus a lot, which is why, you know, it's unusual for me to have a scale focus camera. Right. um, And why rangefinders. You know, if I'm doing portraits, rangefinders are not usually my starting point because I really want to know what my plane of focus is. And I like shallow focus a lot. But then again, you know, sometimes, particularly like on the bike path today, there are very few spots in Los Angeles where you can shoot infinitely converging lines the way you can on that path. And so I like that, you know, I bring a relatively fast film so I can stop all the way down and get really
1: deep focus.
0: Am I answering your question? Yes,
1: you are. I love it. I hope so. I think it's great. That yeah. is that is uh that is my interview of you, sir. Excellent. How fun. But see
0: here's what's so interesting. Okay, let's let's flip the script for a minute. Yes. So, do you ever shoot the kind of subject matter that you see me shoot?
1: No, but I I I, I would I just don't. I'm just so much more fascinated with people, but I'm fascinated with architecture and all those things. So I love seeing Pictures, I like, you know, the macro photography, like you just posted this flower that I thought was amazing. It's it's stuff I admire, but I don't feel that I do that well. So I, it's very exciting to see it, but I'm always drawn to people. There's something about yeah. shooting people. So that's, yeah. Yeah, I want to get better at doing what you do. I want to get better
0: at that. I want to kind of make that a practice. Cool. And, and part of it, you know, I, I know I've mentioned this to you, but, like, in the last several weeks, as things have started to loosen up in Los Angeles and we've been able to see our friends, I am really making a special effort, even if it's people at the edges of my social circle, to say, hey, let's get coffee. Yeah. Like, do you want to get together? Like, you want to get a milkshake? You want to get coffee? You yeah. want to go for a walk? You want? I'm really trying to reforge those connections. And I've talked about on this podcast how photography is something that helps me connect with my environment, with the city that I live in. It sends me on adventures. I'm hoping that I can make portraiture part of that narrative as well. That I can, you know, make taking pictures of my friends the way you do in a way that I admire so much. I wanna make that part of the rotation, you know, as I kind of reach out to people and rebuild those connections. Yeah. Excellent. That is how we shoot. That's how we shoot. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how we shoot. Share with us about how you shoot. I, these were great questions, by the way. Thank you for that, Gabe. <laughs> Thank Those you. Were great questions. And so if any of these questions resonate with you guys, we want to hear from you as well. Any of the things we've talked about. I just think this is a very interesting, if you were to take this hour and just strip the questions out. <laughs> I think it's a very interesting sort of photographic quiz that maybe gets y'all thinking about as a photographer what your predilections are and what your preferences are and why you shoot the way you do. So feedback to us. We want to yes. hear
1: about this. As usual, thanks for your time, y'all. We love hearing from you. I'm telling you, these suggestions and, you know, just getting, you know, suggestions of places to get cameras fixed and, you know, people, you know, you like to deal with and film you like and all that stuff is great and very helpful. We really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, keep the feedback coming. As you know, our email address is idreamofcameras at gmail.com. I want to thank whoever signed us up for several junk mail lists because now we are <laughs> deluged with articles from People Magazine and offers for auto warranties. So thanks to whoever did that. <laughs> um, you, can also <laughs> you can also find us on our respective Instagrams and the I Dream of cameras Instagram. Also check out our website idreamofcameras.com for episode summaries and cool merch.
1: Exactly. And we have to thank the amazing Keith Greenstein for these incredible logos and designs, etc. And the amazing Fred Corey for his uh, musical talents that uh, come to us in the way of our theme song and and I'm sure we will underscore something very soon on our show. it's
0: happening, <laughs> it's probably happening right now. Exactly. All right, so get in touch with us, gang. We are on our back nine. We're on our way to 100 episodes in syndication, at which point we retire
1: wealthy. Right, Gabe? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> tons. This show brings us tons of cash. Yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> uh, Gabe, will you be at the SoCal Camera Show, which may have already happened? Uh, no.
1: Yes, it may have already happened. I will be there.
0: Yes. Okay, so if somehow you time travel, right. and you've heard this episode, you may have met Gabe at the SoCal Alexander show. Yes. I will be out of town, but we're going to try and attend every single one of these cuz we love those guys for doing. This. Great team of people with so much fun. This has been episode 14 of Adrian's
1: Cameras. Thanks for joining us everybody. Thanks so much and please keep buying film and the prices will come down soon. That's my hope. Uh, there you go enjoy we'll see you soon